Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined, as always, by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 118-96 loss to the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night at AT&T Center in beautiful San Antonio. Barry, the Thunder is, they entered this game 1-7 in the new year. Now they're 1-8, but a common theme in those losses have been that they're close. Only one of them was by more than double digits, um, and that was to the Timberwolves. Tonight was number two, um, and I I wrote after the game it was unexpected because the Spurs aren't a very good team. Although you know they've their underlying numbers point toward a better record than they have, but still you don't expect the Thunder to just get clobbered like this, and they did. But uh, what was your takeaway? Well, you could tell it from the kickoff. This you know, the, the Thunder defense was not locked in. The the Spurs had their number. Uh, scored a bunch of points early, kept scoring. Um, let's see. Yeah, 32, 37, 37. Yeah, and then in the 12 in the fourth quarter made it look respectable. <laughs> and they went, I think, almost seven yeah. minutes without a basket. Um, but, uh, you know, DeJounte, Doug McDermott couldn't miss from deep. DeJounte Murray played like an all star. Um, J- Jacob Pirtle, he had eight rebounds. It seemed like 28 rebounds. And they just they just got kicked tonight. That's just what happened. SGA had a pretty miserable game. Um, you know, Dort was four of thirteen shooting. Just not a whole lot, not a whole lot going on. Just to be honest with you. So, um, just yeah, Dort, Dort, Gilgis, Alexander, and Giddy combined to shoot thirteen of fifty, twenty five percent. Yeah, not good. Or twenty five, twenty six percent. I I think. I think I did the math wrong. Anyway, um, you, you mentioned DeJounte Murray. I asked Mark Dagnalt about him after the game. And, it, you know, I, I know a lot of people aren't paying attention to the Spurs, but he's he's in all-star contention. I doubt he's going to make the all-star team. But people are putting Shea in all-star contention, which is, you know, I, I'd be sh- shocked if he made the team. He had much better numbers last year, a much stronger case. Um, and if I was voting on a final spot between the two, I would pick DeJounte Murray. He's averaging career highs in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. 19.1 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 8.8 assists per game, and two steals per game. Um, by the way, the, the steals, I think he's among the league leaders. Uh, he was, he's been an all-defensive player in the past. Um, he's just a, He's been a really good player who's sort of been a breakout star this year. Well, he has. You know, uh, I got a, a guy who emails me all the time, big Spur fan, and he emailed me and said, would you take would you take SGA over to Jonte Murray? He said, I would. He's talking about himself, but he said my brother would take Murray, and I, my first reaction was, well, it's clearly SGA, but if you look at it, it's not. I mean, Murray is, he's, he's a blossoming star himself, so... 
Uh, tonight he has 23, 10, and 14, a triple-double. So uh, he's really an interesting player, fantastic defender, incredibly long arms, interesting build, um, generally not a good deep shooter, but you know, great on the floaters and, and the 10-footers, the, the those kinds of things. So a lot to like about him. He's a, he, the Spurs are going to build around him the way the Thunder is going to build around SGA. So, um, yeah, he, he had it going tonight, and, and, and Gilgis Alexander did not. So I like a lot of things about DeJounte Murray. Yeah, it was one of Shea's worst nights of the season offensively. Just didn't have it 5 of 21 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, um, 13 points, 7 assists. I, I would no doubt uh, take Shea in that uh, conversation you you were having as far as Shea versus DeJounte Murray. I mean, before the season, it wouldn't even be a debate. Now it is because of the way DeJounte Murray has emerged. Um, Shea... Shea's ceiling is just quite a bit higher to me. I think he's the better, definitely the better scorer, better all-around offensive player. Uh, DeJounte Murray is also playing with, I know the Spurs aren't great, but McDermott can really shoot it. Vassell can really shoot it. Keldon Johnson is a good player. Like the, the Spurs have just better players around him that certainly help some of those assist numbers especially. The biggest difference between the two is defense. DeJounte Murray is a much better defensive player. Um, but then another notch in Shea's column is his age. He's two years younger than DeJounte Murray. So um, it, it's a fun conversation, though. Do you remember when SGA was a rookie with the Clippers? And even after he got traded to Oklahoma City, there was a lot of talk about what kind of a defender he could be, how he had great defensive potential. And, you know, we everybody thought he'd be a pretty good offensive player, but nobody really envisioned him as being a breakout offensive star. And he sort of turned out to be that kind of player. And his defense really hasn't, you know, doored emerged to take all the load off of anybody else as far as stopping opponents' uh, big-time scoring. And you just hadn't seen a lot of defensive development, I don't think, out of, out of Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, it's it is interesting because you know I covered him in college at, at Kentucky, and that that's what he was was a defense first guy. I mean, his offense was so far behind he didn't even start that his freshman year as a starter, and then by the end of the year he was no doubt their best player. But just with with his long arms, six six, like he's got all the tools to be a good defensive player. I just think it's so hard, especially on this team that isn't. Like, defense is so much about, like, effort and motivation, and I don't blame him for maybe not being the most motivated to go all out defensively when he has to go out all out offensively on a bad team. Um, but I will say uh, it's so much harder for me to judge defense, and I think all of us watching from the outside to judge defense. But Mark Dagnall did say the other day, that a quiet part of Shea's development this season has been his defense. So I, I don't think he was just saying that, but he, he seemed to think Shea has improved. And he said because of Shea's improvement, that made it easier to start Giddy, who is also not very good defensively. So I think there's something there, but not he's not like an elite defender that we thought he might turn into. No. Um, and I guess he still could. Um um, there's another guy who, uh, you know, when I described SGA's 
potential when he was young, either as a rookie or coming out of college. That's what people said about Westbrook. They said, yeah. you know, he could be a defensive stopper, which he could have been probably. Um, nobody really thought he'd develop into much of an offensive player or, or an elite offensive player. It was just the opposite. He became a, a dynamo on offense and would decide in the morning whether he's going to play defense that night or not. So, uh, There's just so few guys who are good on on both ends yeah. with the ball in their hands that much and also defending. Yeah, that's true because when you look at somebody like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, I don't know who else, we, when you think of elite – yeah, you know, you know the guy Kevin Durant can certainly right. yeah. do it. You know who's a guy that may come the closest might be Drew Holiday. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's he's a good probably one. the one that might come the closest, and there might be some others I've forgotten about. Heck, I don't know. But you're right; it's pretty. It's a pretty thin list about guys who really are difference makers defensively, and yet have the ball in their hands quite a bit. Hmm. Um, speaking of a defense first guy uh Aaron Wiggins who's who's been solid defensively especially by rookie standards Barry he was the only he was the only Thunder player who did much on offense tonight 19 points on 8 of 11 yeah he uh he had a lot of good uh I don't know how, what you'd call them on the move baskets whether cut, backdoor cuts or or cuts to the basket mm-hmm. or uh transition uh field goals but on the move he he, he was moving well Got himself open, and and Giddy and SGA and whoever else found him quite a bit. So, um, not 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 to compare him to another number twenty one, but it's like some of the baskets that Andre Robertson used to get. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Only in more volume. Um, so yeah, and I thought Dagnall after the game said, "Well, the, you know, the best way to score is play, and you play if you're Aaron Wiggins by." how you defend so I mean I took that as a sign that Wiggins defense has, has been pretty good and you know it justifies why he's he's getting this opportunity and and a good mm-hmm. a good signal about his development um, with that said I don't know that anybody played a lot of good defense tonight I mean uh, no they were they were pretty bad defensively. Ty, Ty Jerome said after the game, there's not a lot of times we come into post game and say the other team really played harder than us, but they did tonight. So I thought that was pretty reflective. Yeah, that, that was interesting. But um, but no, it, it, Aaron Wiggins, he's, you know, he, he's 23 years old, so he's is he older than SGA? I think he's older than SGA. No, SGA's a little older. He's older than Dort, though. I mean, they're both 23. Okay. He's, he's older than Dort. Okay. Uh, well, he's, you know, he's he's not a long-term project at 23. At 23, you gotta, you got to be out there playing um, to, to, to keep a future going because your runway isn't near as long, and he's doing that. He's, he's telling the world, Mark Dagnall in particular, hey, I deserve to play in this league. You need to put me out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else we're missing from this game, Barry? Um, I, I needed some eyewitness testimony. I was stunningly, stunningly alarmed at the number of empty seats. It was the worst crowd I've seen all season traveling anywhere. Worse than New Orleans, worse than Minnesota. 
It was bad. That's an untold story in among NBA media. I thought it'd be good. Like, the Thunder crowd is remarkably better than what I saw tonight, and I sort of compare those two teams of no matter how good they are, like, fans are going to show up, but it was just not a good crowd tonight. No, I mean, I was stunned. And, you know, I've been a little alarmed at the Thunder crowds, but the Spurs crowd looked a lot worse. And uh, to me, that's... I just, I'm curious about if, if that's league-wide in terms of teams that aren't elite. Are people just staying away? Is it COVID? Is it social justice residue from everybody being upset a, a year and a half ago? Is it just the, the general malaise that sort of afflicts, you know, society that says, if you're not a good team, we're not going to stick with you very long. I, I mean, we're talking about San Antonio, which is, you know, yeah. we we look at the spur at the Thunder as sort of a public trust, sort of a civic institution. Triple that in San Antonio, because because of all those NBA titles, they've they've given the San Antonio such an, an identity, and uh, you know, much more woven into the fabric of the city, even than even than the Thunder is in Oklahoma City, because before the Thunder were born. The the Spurs were winning NBA titles, and yeah. and to the, see the Spurs to, are always what the Thunder aspires to be, right? And to see that, you know, basically the city saying, "Ah, call us when you're good again." To me, that was that was crazy. Um, I was not prepared for that. I know I know people don't sell out. I know they don't pack the place when you're mediocre. I realize that when you lose. You know, when you lose Ginobili and Parker and Tim Duncan and, and Kawhi, it's the same as when, you know, it's the same as when the Thunder loses uh, Durant and Westbrook and George and whoever. But I was not prepared for that. I mean, that's, that's, that was not any better than what you see at a mediocre college game. No, I would, I would guess that it was about 25% capacity. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. And I, I will say, like, uh, just talking to a few people who, you know, cover the Spurs, they said that this was probably the worst they've seen it as well. So that was sort of good to hear that it's not normally like this. Also, Wednesday night against the Thunder, and right. uh, I didn't know this, but apparently there's a bad cold front coming through in school, and San Antonio has already been canceled for tomorrow. So weather stuff maybe, really? maybe had a factor too. Yeah, canceled school in San Antonio—that's the darndest thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. But yeah, I found that I found that stunning. I really did. I'll leave you with this bit of news: Gabriel Deck has a new home. Barry, did you see? I did that? not see that. Where Gabriel Deck go? <laughs> He's going back to Real Madrid. Oh, is he really? Well, that's probably the best place for him. I didn't see where, I didn't see where they, you know, they were lining up uh, on the streets demanding his services in the NBA. Um, no, and there's there's spots to be had right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, if 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 the NBA like had a had a no jump Thursday, where on Thursday you played and nobody could jump, <laughs> he might be a very good player. He actually might be very effective in that kind of situation but anytime somebody's leaving the you know leaving the court to to go up into the air deck's gonna be at a disadvantage so um 
Hmm, interesting. I need to join on no jump days. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, that's the only way I ever played. But yeah, how, how, how's your how's your vertical uh, looking these days, Barry? It's a it's a big it's a big night. You're about to turn six. The big six two, right? Six in one. A, in a six few, one. Oh, six one. Yeah, six Sorry. one. I'll be sixty one tomorrow. Um, Happy birthday! Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. So uh, I've spent many a birthday at a ball game uh, or on the road somewhere, but this one will be spent at home. So that'll be good. Uh, miserable day, though. That I don't know what kind of weather San Antonio thinks they're having, but we're having real weather. It's going to be in the twenties, high in the twenties, and very windy. So I don't know what San San Antonio celebrating, but that's what we're going to have here on my birthday. <laughs> oh man. Barry, I, I, I thought I would get the age right because I remember you wrote the what's it like turning 60 column and I still botched it. So I apologize for that. That's all right. That's only a year ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't two years ago. It was just last year. Um, although my brother-in-law, he has literally forgotten how old he is. Um, he keeps telling everybody that he's whatever. I think he says he's 59 and he's actually 58. So everybody knows when he was born and everybody knows what year it is. So he's got he's got no wiggle room. He's got he's got no defense. As you would say, that's knowable information. It is knowable information. <laughs> you know, when it, when it comes to when it comes to uh when it comes to uh, my age, I don't have a problem remembering when I was born. I just have a problem remembering what year it is to do the math. So, um, that's my only situation. But you, you have a problem remembering the numbers sometimes, is what you're yeah, saying. The, yeah, the, what, what, what the heck year is it? I don't know what year it is. Somebody will have to tell me. But you've got me completely interested, by the way, in this San Antonio situation. So, before we get off, I'm going to look at it. Also, I, weather... I, I just heard it from one person. I, I know it, it could be 70 degrees here if, if this person was misinformed. I also heard this the weather. This is the high really tomorrow. Sh- In Charlotte? Well, Charlotte, yeah. I can believe. I've, I've, seen, I've seen some belt bowls that I want no part of. But San Antonio, the high tonight is, four, is 36 and then it's going to be rainy tomorrow, but the high is going to be 52. So, oh, no, 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 the high, the high 52 is like at midnight. So it's going to be in the 30s tomorrow, rainy in 30s in San Antonio. Is that enough to close school in San Antonio? Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I, I'm seeing this. Uh, school closings due to winter weather in San Antonio. Huh. Wintry <laughs> Wow, looming freeze in San Antonio is triggering school cancellations. I'm reading that in the uh, San Antonio Express News. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's also San Antonio. <laughs> do they realize it's got to get down to 32 to freeze? Do they even know that in San Antonio? <laughs> but, uh, you know, 37 is not going to freeze the roads. But heck, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to brain on the parade of every fourth grader in San Antonio. Hey, kids, <laughs> knock yourself out. Enjoy the day. 
The only thing is they can't go outside and build a snowman or anything. No, you can go out and slosh around in the, <laughs> in the mud, I guess. <laughs> in the cold, cold mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put on a coat and probably do all kinds of things. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, that's good. It was uh, cold in San Antonio. People stayed home. St- people stayed home tonight because it's going to be cold tomorrow. <laughs> uh, people, <laughs> people stayed home tonight because it's going to be thirty-four and rainy t- tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's fifty-two right now in San Antonio. So whatever you do, don't go outside. <laughs> you might trip and fall and lay in the street for fourteen hours and eventually get cold. I, I might be in some serious trouble getting an Uber back to the hotel considering the road situations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, 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 the temperature's going to drop so bad in San Antonio that the, it's still not going to freeze. <laughs> oh, oh my crazy. goodness. I was once in San Antonio the first week of January, and it was 95 degrees. So set a record high that day. Goodness. So... That's a little so, different than this. Yeah, a little different. A little different is right. All right. Well, um, truth be told, I, I've really enjoyed my time in San Antonio. I had a lovely stroll on the river walk last night, and it was— Oh, San Antonio uh, was great. San Antonio was great. I love San Antonio. Yeah, was able to sit on the patio, and it's like 72 degrees, so— Yeah, I love San Antonio. All right. Um, on that positive note, we will we will end this. Uh, we're, we might— might be a little longer till till we're back. Um, might have another guest. Might do a solo pod for these next two games. But the Thunder has two games left on their road trip, four game road trip. Thank you all so much for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Um, a happy birthday to Barry Trammell, and we'll be back with you soon. <laughs>